Welcome to the Senior Story Hour, where we share poems, stories, observations of life, written by the Franklin Senior Center Writers Group. So this is the Senior Center Scribblers Writing Group, recording for the last month of the year. This is the last day of the penultimate month of the year, that because of the way things are, we record. We move at this time from Thanksgiving to gift-giving. From increasing darkness to the solstice and increasing light. As writers, we look to explain the world, share the world, make sense of the world. Let us give thanks for the year thus far. Let us give each other the gift of our words. Mm, Very nice. And what do you have for us today, Pete? Okay, I have a piece um, for our last discussion. Uh, we were going to do something regarding the month of December. Mine is called A Return to December. A Return to December, it's what we do. January is about beginnings, our start point for all things hopeful, making the most of ourselves. Or at least we're resolved to try. We forge on. Through February, through March, through whatever they may bring. We take in April's early warmth, same and more with pretty May. Then... June, Jill, accept, we saunter through a sultry summer, making the most of its longer days. October, nature's last hurrah, ushers us on to longer nights and onward still through November, where we pause in gratitude. Another year behind us, spent, gone, we return to December, this destination month. We return to hopes, dreams, joys. We return to family, friends, even strangers. We return to the season merry and bright, to moments of kinship and glad tidings. We return to seek all that truly matters. We return to embrace our better angels as we return once more every year to December. Mm, Very Very good. Short and sweet. You did it again, (laughs) Pete. Nice reflection, Peter. Indeed. Who's next? This mine's Seasonal, too. It's about an Advent wreath. Hubby and I try to recreate memorable moments for the grandchildren, and Christmas is the perfect season to do so. For months, up until a few weeks ago, we were deluge with political advertisements. Now that that's gone, we get pleas for money. Our mailboxes are full with Christmas cards, but also organizations begging for money. Oh, and did you know there's a war going on? And I'm not necessarily talking about the Ukrainian-Russian war, but there's about 40 conflicts ongoing in the world today, the last time I looked. We are bombarded on all sides with politics, begging, and conflicts. I need a reprieve. I don't want to think about the world and its problems. I want to think of my family, my own personal world. I want to enjoy my life by enjoying my family and memories. On this particular day, I put away my phone. The grandkids and I were going to make Advent wreaths. Advent wreaths mark the four weeks before Christmas. That's a month. Too early to put up the Christmas tree. I used to make the wreath with my own children, so now I'm continuing the tradition with my two granddaughters. I plan to make two, one for their house and one for mine. So off we went to the dollar store. As my youngest granddaughter reminds me, it's the dollar twenty-five store now. <laughs> a word to the wise... Always begin your crafting projects at the dollar store. 
most probably you'll find what you need much cheaper. We found the foam rings. They were smaller than what I wanted, but they would do. They were $1.25. That's two fifty. We needed four candles to mark the four weeks before Christmas. So that's eight at $1.25 each. I'm making two wreaths. I need eight candles. So far, I've spent $12.50. All that's left is to go for a walk in the woods and find the evergreen pine cones and berries. Do you know that those two little heretics wanted to know why we didn't just buy the plastic greenery for the wreaths? <laughs> oh, what Philistines I have bred. Look what our public educational system has wrought. <laughs> Lord, have mercy, they know not what they say. Alas, after considerable yet gentle coercion, we managed to gather enough greenery in our basket from the woods and head home to hot cocoa. Now, the first step in making an Advent wreath is to soak the ring in water. We don't want our green pine to dry out. You treat this pine wreath like a live plant. Much to my surprise, when I dropped our rings in the water, they floated to the top. What? They should have soaked up the water. Oh, no. These rings are styrofoam. That's not what I wanted. I need the type of foam that florists use. So the next day, I went to the expensive craft store. By the way, Advent candles there are $15 a box for four candles in the box. That means it would have cost me $30 (laughs) for the eight candles. So the craft store did have the kind of foam I wanted, but none of it was shaped like a ring. And I did learn the correct term for it. What I wanted was wet, florous foam rings. I went to the other craft store. They didn't have it either. I went also to two, I'll say it again, two florist shops. No luck. Even they didn't have it. I ended up buying the straw wreaths. Do you believe that out of these these five stores, they didn't have Advent wreaths? It's bad enough that school concerts at this time of year can't sing Christmas carols. They can't call their concert Christmas. They have to say winter concert and that we can't wish each other a Merry Christmas without being accused of a backward fundamentalist. Now people (laughs) don't even know what an Advent wreath is. No wonder my grandchildren balk at traditions. Ugh, I'm getting old and grouchy. Back in the good old days, holidays had names. Christmas, Hanukkah, Easter. Back then, celebrations brought families together to make Advent wreaths, decorate the Christmas tree, sing Christmas carols, and hunt for Easter eggs. Traditions change, and that may not be for the better. What replaced the Advent wreath? The elf on the shelf, mensch on the bench. How about we start a new tradition? Let's all sit around the fireplace and play with our cell phones. (laughs) How's that? There just isn't any replacement for the Advent wreath. Very good. Wow, excellent. Wow. There's a lot of topics in there. Yeah. A lot to think about there. Yeah. It's indeed one of life's challenges for sure. Want, want me to go next? Go ahead. Sure. I got a Christmas romantic one. Oh. <laughs> uh, My Christmas gift. How timely. Christmas bells are ringing. I thank the Lord for you. I feel sweet love, my darling. My love for you is true. We will have lots of fun. We'll sing in the morning sun. If I had to choose a gift, it would be you that I would be with. The joy that you would bring, because you make my heart sing. 
You are my gift of life. Someday you will be my wife. Let the Christmas bells ring on. You're my gift on Christmas morn. We will dance and sing in the new year. My love for you, you will hear. When those Hershey bells ring, you will hear my heart sing. You are my joy in this world. If only you'll be my girl. There we go. Yeah, yeah very nice. I just throw in the, in the Hershey one once. What are the Hershey yeah, that's, that's bells? That's what are Hershey bells? reading off that because it's, it's small. So <laughs> yeah. I can see where, you know. I, I had to change the, the bells to, to the Hershey bells once. <laughs> what are Hershey bells, Bill? You know, the, on the, the TV when they, when they ring the, oh, the uh, jingle bells or whatever it is. Oh, okay, like yeah, okay, yeah. some commercial. Yeah, yeah I, can, uh, I can go next. Go for it, Joe. All right, Hi, I'm Joe Ewald, and uh, the name of my story is a Christmas story that we might not know about. So let me begin here. A couple of weeks ago, I was at Barnes & Noble, and I was getting my usual fix <laughs> for books. And uh, <clears throat> I always go over to the classic section because when I was a kid growing up, I loved classics like, like the Dickens. And uh, I noticed a small book there. It was red. And uh, it was the Nutcracker <clears throat> the story. But I was, like, really surprised, for lack of a better word, to see that it was written by Alexander Dumas the author of The Three Musketeers, and his most famous book, The Count of Monte Cristo. So I told Faith about it, and she thought it would be a good idea for me to put something together. But she did all the legwork. She did the investigation <laughs> and got all the paperwork for me so I could put this together. And uh, so I thank her for doing that. But anyways, let me give you some background on both of them, and then I'll put it together. Um, what they both collaborated on. Um, Alexander Dumas was born in 1802, and he died in 1870. And believe it or not, it doesn't really make a difference, but it's interesting to know that he had Afro-American blood in him. Thought that, you know, say something that people wouldn't be aware of. And then he wrote The Count of Monte Cristo in 1844, and then he followed that a year later with The Three Musketeers. Mm -hmm which are great movies, if you have a chance to watch them. And let me see here. And then, let's go to The Nutcracker. He's uh, written, originally written by E.T.A. Hoffman, and it was adapted by Alexander Dumas. But when I saw The Nutcracker, the book, his name was on it, not the other guys, you know, Hoffman. Mm -hmm. So, Tchaikovsky was born in, in 1840, and he died in 1893. He was 53 years old, and the Nutcracker became famous a year before he died. So he was able to live. He was 53 when he died. That's kind of mm -hmm. short. Sure. So he was, he, his last two years, he put it together with Dumas's story of the Nutcracker. And um, it's a classic, it says here, the classic Christmas story ballet. And... Um, it took a hundred years, believe it or not, before it became really popular. Mm -hmm. So in 1991, I think a show came on TV. I forget what it was, but it was great. And then it took off from there. And then if you ever have the chance to see the play, um, I don't think you'd be disappointed. And the story centers on a young girl's Christmas Eve and her awakening to a wider world and romantic love 
searching for a prince. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so basically, it's a dark story, like all, all fairy tales. But it does have a happy ending. So no sugar plums here and the dark romantic roots of the Nutcracker. So you have all kinds of stuff in there. You have the tin soldiers, you have the witch, and basically, and the music is great, no doubt about it, it could be the best. And um, uh, like I said, it, it's crazy um, that it took so long for it to become popular. But um, that's my little story there. Mm -hmm. And so, um, Good. yeah, you know, something so that So now that it's so popular, who gets the residuals? I, he, his family might get, you know, Dumas's family, they might get something, you know, from yeah, the proceeds. Yeah, because it's so popular now. It's big time. It oh, is. big it, time. It, it's, oh, my God, yes. You know, it's one of the, the shows that people go every year for Christmas. Yeah. That, yeah, that, yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't think, it probably, it's close with the Christmas Carol. I think the Christmas Carol might be the best because I, I like the three ghosts in that story more so than Scrooge doing a turnaround. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I love I love the ghosts and I think it might I think I'll probably call it a tie. <laughs> well, they both have dock points and they yes. both have happy endings. Right, because yeah. the, the yeah. thing that got me in Christmas Carol is the third ghost, Christmas Future scared him by showing him his grave and that's what did the trick because he was going to die so he turned it around so he could live longer and he saw the light so it's it's a great story i came by today to say hello and i'm sorry i missed you i should have called first I did enjoy the lunch, though. I sat in the sun and took a walk down memory lane. It is amazing how our minds collect a funny story or a happening that seemed to await a recall. So with that recall, we can enjoy things once more. There is a good thing about some memories. They can protect us, as in fight or flight, so we should all be glad of that one. To me, memories are like a grain of salt. They are in the salt shaker, hoping to be shaken up to the top so that they can be released and for uh, the world to taste their flavor. Or will it slip back into the white abyss and await another chance? In today's hectic world, I hope you can make or have the opportunity to slip away to a memory of delight that is waiting to be recalled. Have a good day and make some good memories. Very good. Nice. Lady. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Well, I have this first chapter, but... I don't know. It's long. It's long. So, um, but do you really want to uh, have me read Maybe it? Maybe do the whole thing. Give us, a, give us a teaser at least. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, just <laughs> give us a, Alice, give us a short version. Okay. Well, I, I did uh, read it over many times yesterday, and I guess I could make it short. Yeah. 
I'm reading a mystery now that the the chapters are one and a half pages. Yeah, I like mm-hmm. that. So yeah. I will certainly tell you that the chapters are long and murder is bad press. Mm-hmm. There's no way you're staying, that guy behind the desk told me. I was in an armchair on the other side of the desk, listening to this jerk who until several, several seconds ago was my boss, Carl Dixon, director of Sandy Ridge, Maine's library, was a tall, thin, introverted man who never believed in smiling or laughing. He had all the librarians that worked for him under his sober thumb. The main desk was downstairs, and he enjoyed looking down from his glass office on the second floor. If one was to search his desk, they probably would find Dixon had a book a diary of sorts where he noted every indiscretion. The young woman getting canned at the moment was me, Allison Peters, a resident of Sandy Ridge, a small coastal town not far from the New Hampshire border. I'm 26, visited here five years ago, fell in love with the quiet community, and moved into the coast town four years ago. I took this job as a librarian for years four weeks ago, after attempts to get back into the good graces of Bill Shaw, editor of the Courier, the town's daily newspaper, failed. For years, I had been a newspaper reporter, loved it. Shaw is volatile. I got nosy about his personal life. He didn't like it, so he fired me. It looks like I'm on a roll. My creditors were calling, but you can't write electronic checks if there's nothing in the checking account, if you know what I mean. So I took the job as librarian. Two weeks into the job, Dixon gave me my first paycheck and invited me into his office. His assistant was there to take notes. I had been talking to the old ladies that volunteer at the library. Dixon didn't like that. After all, he hadn't spoken to these women or even smiled at them and all the time they volunteered. Those little old ladies called him weird. I agreed, but thought I could handle it. The girl that was training me didn't think I was getting the complicated computer system, according to Dixon, that was a library, it, that was a library network for all the towns around Sandy Ridge. Funny, Dixon had told me the first day of work that it would take a year to train. He wanted me to quit after two weeks, but I told him I would try harder. I wanted him to fire me, then I could collect unemployment. And so Dixon and I had come to the point where we were now. I know I, I knew I wasn't a librarian. I was a newspaper reporter. But how was I going to get into Bill Shaw's good graces again so he would give me my job back? Dixon was staring at me, wondering why I didn't leave, so I did. I walked down past the main desk where several librarians were talking. They knew I had been summoned into the great man's office. They knew what had happened, and they were pretending not to notice me. I went into the inner office, grabbed a sweater I had worn that morning against the early April chill, and walked out. 
As I walked out, I was aware of the looks on my back and how quiet the library had become. That's good. There shouldn't be any talking in the library. It was 10.30 in the morning. Might as well go over to the fast food place across the street. I brushed tears off my cheeks and blew my nose. I'm a compulsive overeater and go to Overeaters Anonymous meetings. I eat over what's eat bothering me. I had known after the first two weeks when Dixon spoke to me that he wanted me out. He was stiff. I was an extrovert. Forget it. Have a double cheeseburger, fries, and shakers. Shakes, I told myself. And that's what I did. The food was yummy. The button on my skirt was tight, so I decided to walk home. I live close enough to town that I can walk back tonight and get my car. Once out of the restaurant, guilt took over. I looked at my reflection in the glass as I passed. The fast food was turning to granite in my stomach. Okay. Yeah. Greg, you want to take some suggestions? Pardon? Suggestions? Oh, sure. Get rid of Overeaters Anonymous and put in tops. That <laughs> advertising, because we advertise for tops. Yeah. So with uh, Faith leaving, I did change a poem I was going to read, because since she did her Advent wreath, I figured I'd go to my Advent series. Uh, so this goes back a few years uh, in terms of when I wrote it, but it's Advent there by Christmas. And I wrote it after participating in a reading by Galway Kinnell, who was a noted poet who was born in Rhode Island, and I'm a Rhode Island poet as well, so we kind of connected that way. This Advent. Pay no attention to the moon, the stars, or their position. What is of importance in our personal scenario is the surety of the poem that he reads, looking at us as if we were the script, and we are in a way, for on this line of sight is written all that happened this past 12 months. Drawn forward now, they play black and white, producing in time a melody, a note rising, thematic, as in the cross of two shadows there lies a darker diamond, as in the depths of desire there penetrates a light, brighter than the stars, more constant than the moon, holy, inspiring, guiding us to the road to be traveled. Mm. And then because it's in holiday time and a lot of holiday family, friends gathering involve food, my wish. It should be that calories count less the more family and friends you eat with. It should be that calories count less the more family and friends you eat with. That'd be nice. And so for the listeners today, you've heard a variety of readings as we've given you our gift of words. You've heard things about Advent wreaths, romantic poems, nutcracker background, memories, grains of salt, publishing woes, and the Amazon route, however that may take us. So in closing... We thank you for listening. We wish you come back again and listen to us. We will continue to read and write and share as the years continue. This year is going behind us, but we're going forward. So the last little short piece. So it's your birthday. 
Is it really? Xenolith or not, every day is a birthday. The new day dawns hopeful. You make of it what you can. Nothing more or less is needed than showing up, now on time, not late, executing to make things happen. Sing a song. Dance as if no one is looking. Xylophone is in tune. Step in time, and it matters to you alone, not anyone else. In service to the new day, a new opportunity to explore the world. So with that, we close this session. And thank you all for listening. Thanks for being with us here on Senior Story Hour. Until the next time, I'm Peter Jay. Remember, be they laced with gravity, levity, wisdom, or whimsy, the meaning, experiences of life become a little larger when you share them, when you take a moment to commit pen to paper and just write. This is FPR, Franklin Public Radio.